Welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. You know, I've slowly and surely, I've, I've gotten more and more with that and in the beginning there. I don't know how. That's been like a, that's been a months long thing where now all of a sudden it's really, it's developed into its nice own deal. I'll have to play it back. We'll have to see how it sounds. I don't know. In my head, I think it sounds pretty cool, but at this point it might sound pretty lame and I might have to dial that one back just a little bit, but it feels comfortable and that's the most important thing. It feels comfortable. This right now feels comfortable being back with you guys. 7 to midnight. I hope a lot of you guys listened to me last week. I had a lot of fun with Dustin a couple days. Obviously, solo a couple days. We did three CBS Sports radio shows as well. So it was really just kind of one of those weeks where it's, it's. Uh, I mean, you if you would have told me a couple years ago, I'd be doing a Tuesday show in for DA, following it up with a week long of solo shows in Afternoon Drive where they trust me enough to do solo shows in Afternoon Drive. And then also hanging out with Dustin, I would have been like, I don't know that that's going to be reality. I would think it should be at some point, but I don't know that that's going to be reality. So anyway, it was nice. It was very nice. And oh, by the way, even on Saturday or even on Tuesday, but most recently this past Saturday, City of Cleveland, way to come out, as you guys always do for me on those national shows. I I was telling family members over the weekend, after I did the show, I went and I told you my wife and I, we had the, the party to go to Saturday night. That's why I ended up doing the 12 to 5, because I, I missed so many parties all throughout the week that my wife wanted to go to. I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'll be there for this Saturday night party. party. We'll make sure we go. It'll be a lot of fun. And, but I was explaining to them, I'm like, yeah, when, it, when I'm on those shows, I love the most how the Cleveland audience, just when they get on, they always make sure to tell me how much they like listening and how much they enjoy me on the local side of things. Kind of like to like rub it in to the national audience in a way. And I love that. I love everything about that. So it's been a nice week, week and a half. Now we're back into where we normally are. If you didn't catch any of what I did over the previous week, because let's say maybe, I don't know, maybe you work third shift or maybe you work late at night. You only get to listen to the radio station late at night. I'll keep you posted on everything that happened in my week this past week as we continue to move forward, okay? That's the deal I'm going to try to make with you guys. We're going to do a bunch of different stories that happened from last week. We're going to do a bunch of different things. Biggest news that I had last week was actually something I talked about on Saturday with G. Bush and my uh, my sleep apnea. I know. I'm 34 years old. I got the, I got the in-home test. I got sleep apnea. I got the, the kit and everything all set and ready to go tonight. I, it's weird. I should not be so excited to like get home tonight and and put on the mask and then like like have just a completely different way of sleeping for the rest of my life, but I'm thrilled out of my mind. I I, I don't know why. I can't wait to get home and try it out. And so that was one of the bigger news uh, from last week that I didn't actually talk at all on the radio with until G. Bush brought it out of me because I went on his show before I did the national show on Saturday, and I, I G. Bush told me he also has sleep apnea. And then like it was like this whole, we had a moment. We had a moment. Odyssey Rewind. You can still go back and listen to it because you got 72 hours to rewind on that bad boy. So anyway, lot to get to. Ton to get to with you guys. Glad you guys could be with you tonight, uh, with me tonight. Now, in the morning, and we'll have some of this in the fan focus. In the morning, the conversation was centered around whether or not the Browns should trade for Aaron Donald. And I'm going to take the conversation a different direction. But first, I want to lay out why I'm taking it a different direction. The conversation in the morning was based on the idea of whether or not the Rams would trade Aaron Donald for Nick Chubb. 
I don't know how they got on this part of the conversation. I don't know why they stayed on that part of the conversation, but it's their show. It's their dime, their dance for. They were getting calls. They were getting traction. Oh, it made Odyssey national headlines. Like, good. Congratulations. You did very good. It felt like a drunk conversation at 3 in the morning, though. It felt like one of those trades you make because you want to win a version of Madden, and it's not really baked in reality. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, let's trade uh, Let's Aaron Donald for a bag of footballs. Let's do it. It's like, well, all right, well, what do the Rams get out of that? Do they need another bag of footballs? Aaron Donald for a song. Sean McVay doesn't need, he doesn't need Elton John out there. What, what are we doing here? My problem with the trade boiled down to the idea that the Rams don't and wouldn't want Nick Chubb in return. This is not a slight at Nick Chubb. It's just why would you be a rebuilding team? Why would you have started the season off in such a magnificently awful way to then trade for Nick Chubb for what? For what? He's not going to be there when you try to do a rebuild. He's not going to be there when all of a sudden you have things turned around. Running back lives are as you have the shortest amount of career in the NFL if you're a running back. Most running backs average about 2.6 years in the NFL. Shortest amount out of any other position. Nick Chubb, going to be 28 years old, doesn't have five more years in the league to figure this whole thing out. Doesn't really have four more years if we're being 100% honest. Nick Chubb at 31 or 32 is not going to be anywhere close to Nick Chubb at 27, 28. That's just the reality. More importantly, though, when has Los Angeles ever told you they're not on the cutting edge of what offenses are in today's society? They are at the forefront of being the team that says, we don't want to pay a running back. We don't want to have a running back around us that we deem anything close to 12, 13, $14 million a year. They let Todd Gurley go. Todd Gurley was awesome. And then for one year, he slipped up. And they're like, okay, uh, we had enough of you. You can go ahead and see the door. It just doesn't make any sense to me. That part I couldn't get over in my brain. It didn't make any sense why Los Angeles would want Nick Chubb as their return. So the beautiful thing about that is that we don't have to go down that road then. Hey, we're free. Me and you. Hey, look at us. Paul Rudd. Look at us. We're free. How awesome is this? I got worried all day long. I was going to have to come in here and do a Nick Chubb for Aaron Donald conversation because I know you guys love when I invoke Nick Chubb into trade conversations. And guess what? We don't have to do it. We don't have to because the whole idea is rubbish to begin with anyway. I only said rubbish because Mackenzie was talking like an English person in between the breaks and she had the accent out there and so rubbish is what came to mind. It's the only reason why that came out. Like she's Britney Spears or something, just randomly speaking uh, English accents. That's okay. She's pretty good at them. It is what it is, but then words like rubbish come out. We don't have to go down that road with Nick Chubb. We don't have to, and that's great. That's fantastic news. Congratulations to all of us because I didn't want to have to do that today. I didn't want to have to go down a Nick Chubb trade conversation because that one's not baked in reality. Whether the Browns would do it or not doesn't matter. It takes two to tango in the NFL. And there's no chance the Rams are tangoing. Not, not with that discussion. But here's why I do think the Rams are interesting in general. Because this convo lives with the idea that the Rams get off to a miserable start and don't end up being any good. They open up Seahawks, 49ers, Bengals, Colts, and then the Eagles. That is a murderer's row to open up the year. Three of the four teams in the conference title game, they play in the first five weeks realistically, they should start this season one and four. 
We had reports earlier today suggesting that they try to trade Matthew Stafford in the offseason. If they had traded Matthew Stafford this offseason and had been successful in a trade, then we would have seen Aaron Donald traded. And then let's bring this other player into the equation. We would have seen Cooper Cup also traded. So where I want to start with you guys isn't necessarily Aaron Donald for Nick Chubb. Where I want to start with you guys is, would you rather have Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald? 216-474-0092. We are going into another team's, it's not trash, their treasure. But if that team is going to go into the dumpster, then we get to go ahead and pick out their treasure. When it comes to Aaron Donald, I can salivate at the mouth with the idea of him being in a Browns uniform, of him playing alongside Miles Garrett. I can do all these same things you can do as well. How, how many people did you hear all day long talking about the idea of uh, Tomlinson, Darius Smith, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald? That would be one of the best defensive lines, not just in the NFL this year. You can make a legitimate argument that defensive line, one of the best we've seen in 20 years. That would just be that is stacked on stacked. I don't think it'd be the move the Browns should make, though. If Cooper Cup is open, and let's say Cooper Cup, I saw a trade earlier today involving Cooper Cup with the Detroit Lions. That trade was a first-round pick and two third-round picks. The Browns would have that. Now, the Browns' selections are a little iffy because the Browns' trade selections, we obviously we know what we traded up for Deshaun Watson. We don't have the same ammo as some of these other teams. That could end up being a roadblock, right? But... If we traded Aaron Donald just for picks, which is funny because Les Snead was the author of F those picks, but ultimately, this is what he's going to want. He's not going to want young, good players even. He's not going to want old, good players, but he's definitely not going to want even young, good players. Because four or five years from now, three, four or five years from now, when the team is actually trying to be good, there's no point of having MJ Emerson, let's say, who would then be hitting his second contract right as you guys are ready to actually win games and at that point he'd been like wait you guys just ruined my start of my NFL career what am I doing here I think Cooper Cup is on the table though if this season gets off to a a rough start the same way I do think Aaron Donald is on the table if this season gets off to a rough start the reason why I'd say I'd rather want Cooper Cup as opposed to Aaron Donald is because I care more about what this offense can be as opposed to what this defense can be right now. If you were to make me answer which one I'm more skeptical of, I'm more skeptical as of right now on July 10th because of the mysteries and the unknown around Deshaun Watson. I'm more skeptical around the offense than I am the defense. Jim Schwartz is good. I know Jim Schwartz is good as his job. And I know the defense, with the upgrades that Andrew Barry brought in here, is going to do more than good enough in order to get us to a place that we need to get to. Ultimately, though, offenses are destroying defenses in the NFL these days. And I'd rather be Patrick Mahomes than the 85 Bears. I'd rather be Patrick Mahomes, I'd rather be Joe Burrow than I would... The early 2000s Ravens, the 85 Bears, you name your favorite defense out there. In my estimation, it makes much more uh, sense to put your draft capital and to put all your ammo towards shoring up that wide receiver room and trying to make sure that can be as good as it can possibly be. Bringing in someone like Cooper Cup, which would take what is currently a really pretty decent wide receiver room, but if we're being honest about middle of the pack 
and then taking that and catapulting it up to the very, very top. With Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you go from, I think Mike Clay had him like 21st in the NFL, all of a sudden you're a top 10 wide receiving unit. Aaron Donald adding to the defensive line might make that defensive line all time, but ultimately, I'm going to take offense in an offensive league. 216-474-0092. So it's where I want to start with you guys. Forget Nick Chubb. He is an untouchable in my mind. We are not bringing him into this equation. Kind of like how I make Evan Mobley untouchable in the Cavs conversations, Nick Chubb is untouchable in my Browns conversations right now, okay? But if I tell if I told you you got a choice, Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald, which one do you think helps out the Browns the most? 216-474-0092. It's overtime. Jonathan Biddle here with you on the fan. Wondering if it's the right time to sell your home? All righty, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. So what I'm going to do with this, I'm going to give you one or the other. You need to fill it out like it's a Scantron test, like we're ch- uh, children again, okay? It's A or B. There's no option C. It's A or B. You got to choose Cooper Cup. You got to choose Aaron Donald. I am not invoking Nick Chubb as part of the trade compensation for this, though. I genuinely want to know which one you think would be better for the Browns moving forward because it looks like the Rams are going to suck this year, and it looks like Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup could be on the table. I don't think it's going to come at the cost of Nick Chubb. I really, truly don't because I don't see why the Rams would be interested in Nick Chubb. No offense to Nick Chubb. I think he's got a value for a lot of teams out there. He's got no value for a team that is trying to lose games, though. So I'm not going to make you burn your favorite teddy bear in order to go to Disneyland, okay? It's basically what that proposition was asking you to do. I don't think that's fair. But I can play with that first part of this equation, and that is making you choose which you want to help more, the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. That's basically the heart of this question. But the defensive side of the ball would be adding a three-time defensive player of the year that, in my estimation, would take this defensive line from not just one of the game's best, because I do believe they are. I believe they already are top five defensive line in the NFL. Darius Smith, Tomlinson, Miles Garrett, I think they're there. But this would take it to being an all-time great defensive line. Or on the other side of it, you help out the offensive side of the ball and you take a wide receiving unit that, in my estimation, needs a legitimate number one. I think they'll be fine. I think they can get away with what they currently have. But give me a legitimate number one in Cooper Cup, 2,000-yard season a couple years ago, and then move forward with Amari Cooper, see what Elijah Moore gives you, Maybe that means you trade Donovan Peoples-Jones if that happened before the season, but during the season, you get Donovan Peoples-Jones in the mix as well. And I just don't know how the Browns lose in that equation. In my estimation, I think the defense is at a point right now where Jim Schwartz is, is, since he's in charge, we've got an adult lead in the room, I think they're already at a point where they're good enough. Offensively, I don't think there is such a thing as good enough. And that's what I would contend. I think it's much easier in the NFL to have Deshaun Watson beat the Bengals defense than it is to have the Browns defense beat Joe Burrow. I think it's much easier in the NFL if we have an AFC title game to think to ourselves, okay, Deshaun Watson's got to tear up a Chiefs defense that was 18th in scoring last year and not particularly good. He just has to do it at a rate that is really, really high. And with Cooper Cup, he could. I would take that 
over the idea that, oh yeah, he's in charge of just, you know, getting in his face all day, every day. I think about how that recipe didn't work out for people uh, that thought Joe Burrow would just be killed with the lack of an offensive line. He spent two straight off seasons disproving the idea that you can legitimately just take down Joe Burrow at any given point that you want. Or even if you did take him down a ton, that it actually would matter. What was that Titans game a couple years ago? The Titans game where Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions, and then they ended up winning because McPherson kicked like five field goals. But Burrow got sacked a ton in that game, taken, taken down at every other turn. He still ended up with a passer rating in the 90s, and they still advanced on, beat the one seed at the time in Tennessee, and then made their way to the AFC title game. Like, it just doesn't matter as much. It, it matters but it doesn't matter as much. And I know what a lot of you guys are thinking. Well, last year, the defensive lines for all four conference title teams were some of the best defensive lines in the sport. Great. Yeah, you're right. They were. They also had three of the best quarterbacks in the sport out of those four teams. And the fourth team, who knows what would have happened since Brock Purdy legitimately played like one of the best quarterbacks in the game outside of that. Think about where the offenses were for those teams and then really evaluate whether or not you thought it was the defensive lines that made them the difference. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, come on. What are we doing here? It was fun to come up with all those stories and it's fun to come up with all those scenarios, but it's not really baked in reality. You were to tell me to take one player off of each one of those teams that would give them the least amount of chance of winning in their respective games, across the board, each team was taking their quarterback. So you got to give the quarterback help. Having a great offense is how you win in the AFC and how you win in the NFL. I can get by with a so-so defense. Chiefs are exhibit A on that front. So if you ask me, and I'm asking you, 216-474-0092, would you rather have Cooper Cup or would you rather have Aaron Donald? I am bypassing the future Hall of Famer, and I'm taking Cooper Cup instead. 216-474-0092. Rick, going to lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Rick. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate you making it. What's up? I'm an Aaron Donald fan, and I'll just tell you, and you made the case. I mean, you made the case. A lot of, I guess, is going to come down to cost. What it's going to cost, you know, what are you going to take away from the team to get him compared to what you would take for Cooper Cup? But the last Super Bowl that uh, Joe Burrow played against Aaron Donald and Rams, that last series was all dominated by Aaron Donald. He kept Joe Burrow from winning that Super Bowl. I think, you know, well, you have I, a good yeah, – I mean, I, I, let me finish. You have a good sure. enough offense now, I think, because we have something that Cincinnati didn't have, something a lot of other teams. We have an astounding running game that can control the game so you don't have to worry so much about getting after Mahomes. But you put four studs on them defensive lines, two Hall of Famers and Garrett and Donald. Come on now. That's elite, and that can shut down. And we got a great defensive backfield. So I think it's not going to be as easy as you think. I agree with you. It's an offensive league. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But if you can give me Cooper Cup for, say, DPJ and a future one, I'd be definitely intrigued. Darren Donald, I think, is going to cost us more. But I, I'm big, big on Hall of Fame, kill the guy defense over what you're proposing. Well, and, and, and what I, Rick, I you're can... also showing you're one more thing, real quick. Yeah, yeah. You're you're showing 
a little like, I think, uh, Elijah Moore and the kid from Tennessee and DPJ are going to be a lot better than you think. They're tearing it up in practice, and they're down there, and Deshaun's working his butt off. And I'm pretty content with what we got there. I'm not saying I wouldn't take a Cooper Cup, no doubt. But uh, Amari Cooper ain't no joke. No, yeah, and, and, and I don't think this is – and thank you, Rick. I do appreciate you, man. This is not disparaging to any part of the wide receiver room, but we, we just take an objective analysis of where this wide receiver room is at, and this is why I constantly bring back Mike Clay's rankings because that is, a, that is an objective – that is a, a, I'm, no one's wearing Browns colored glasses. That is somebody that it just works for ESPN, doesn't have a dog in the fight, doesn't care one way or another if they rank that team 21st or 5th and they have the Browns as below middle of the pack as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Now, I can also look at, at an objective measurement for the offense, or excuse me, the defensive line. And an objective measurement for the defensive line, PFF has the Browns as the top five unit. Now, you mentioned that Super Bowl, and I want to go on that for a second. That Super Bowl, the reason why it came down to the way that it did was because Sean McVay actually trusted his running game and forgot that he had Cooper Cup for three quarters. reason why the Rams won that Super Bowl was because of Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald made great plays as well. I'm not taking that away from him. But Cooper Cup was the reason, ultimately, why they ended up winning that Super Bowl. Sean McVay forgot he existed for three quarters for some reason. That was the highlight away. That was the big takeaway for me. Fun thing about this discussion, that that clutch fourth quarter touchdown that he had and that first down that he picked up, I mean, it was... It was unreal. Trailing by four points. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter. In the actual Super Bowl, fourth and one, on the Bengals' 30-yard line. Championship basically on the line. They decide to go for it. Cooper Cup with the jet sweep for seven yards. Rest is history. And I know that plays become iconic since... And, and, and Cup's been on the record like, hey, we never executed that one great until it was actually called in the Super Bowl, all these other fun, like, stuff of legends. But that's what it was. So, and Aaron Donald did great. But, I, but this is what I love about this conversation is that you truly are, this is a chocolate or vanilla ice cream conversation. This is which one do you just prefer? Which one do you, you're not going to go wrong. You can't tell me that chocolate's awful or vanilla's awful. I, there's no chance you're calling up telling me you think Aaron Donald was just a lousy at football, and so you have to go with Cooper Cup. No, no, no. It's all a preference play, but I love it. I love it because right now I prefer my preference would be for Cooper Cup. I I think Cooper Cup with this wide receiver unit and what you could do for the arms race that is the AFC would take us to a place that currently. I don't know that I don't know how Aaron Donald raises us to such a high level that we would then turn around and be like, oh my gosh, this is yeah, you're right. I mean, like Aaron Donald would help. I'm not saying it wouldn't help. Aaron Donald would help, but Aaron Donald doesn't help to the same rate that Cooper Cup does in my mind. You throw Cooper Cup on this offense, we are competing with what the Bengals have at wide receiver in Chase Higgins and Boyd. We print up the T-shirts now. The ones in, in Cincinnati they have where it's just like dot as if it's like members of the Beatles or something. I, 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 you, guys, you guys have seen those type of shirts though, right? Do you imagine a shirt we had here? Watson.cup.cooper.cup. 
Elijah Moore, dot, and they'd have to add some more dots because we got too many good players. What do you do with Donovan Peoples-Jones? My goodness. 216-474-0092, but it'd be a legitimate number one. That is something we are missing. Can't tell me we're missing a Hall of Famer on the defensive line. We have one of those. Mari Cooper, I love him. I think he's great. I, I have no problem with that move. But Cooper Cup's better than Amari Cooper. Jim up next on the fan. Hello, Jim. How are you tonight? Jonathan, I can't believe you're so wrong so often. Oh. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you're, you're talking about Eric Donald. You're talking about the most disruptive defensive player in the league. You're downplaying it like, well, he's nice. He's the most disruptive defensive player in the league that you're going to put next to. The Two guys months ago, we thought he was going to be uh, drinking Mai Tais on a beach. He's 32 years old. Cooper Cup's a good player, Jonathan, but he had one really, really, really good year in 2021. That's it. Look at the rest of his statistics. There's about 12 wide receivers I would take before him. He is not a difference maker. He is not this standout number one like you keep trying to point him out to me. He's just not. He's a slot guy. He's like Wes Welker. And I'm not saying that that's not good, but that's not what I'm – if I have a chance to take the guy that's the most disruptive defensive player in the league or a guy that – I mean, look, look, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs. I mean, there's so many guys that are better than. But, but those why? guys aren't open. Why would I do that? Who's better than Who's better than Aaron Donald? I just think you're. Look, all I know is the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. Their offense was really good, but that defensive line carried them to the place. And yeah, did they get it done? No. But you know what? I know a lot of Browns fans that would die to go to a Super Bowl. So I'm just look, dude. I'm going to take. I'm taking a better player. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. I don't know Cooper Cup gets in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I, no chance he gets in the Hall of Fame if we're voting on it tomorrow. No chance. But but I, don't you want? He had one nineteen hundred. He had one nineteen hundred yard season. And look at all of the rest of his. Career. I'm with. I'm with you. Right, well, nineteen hundred yards goes a long way in my in my book. Just and, just and so, just so we're all aware. Most of the year. So, just, so who's to say? So who's to say that he's the same player? What are you trading Jim, for? I'm not. I'm guy. not going to rip Aaron Donald to prop up Cooper Cup here. Aaron Donald's great. I'm not saying he's not great. I'm just looking at it from which do I think this team needs more help in, offensive side or defensive side of the ball, and I'm trying to make sure the Deshaun Watson era gets off on the right foot. I just don't think Cooper Cup moves the needle. I mean, I, you can argue, you can Doesn't disagree with me. I just don't. I just don't think he moves the needle, Jonathan. He's not a needle mover. He's not a. He's not a physical specimen. He's not some dude that's going to dominate. He's he's a slot guy that had a really one one really good year. I'm just dude. I'm not. Versus Aaron Donald, who's pretty much an all-time great and, again, the most disruptive defensive player in the league. Hey, Jim, I love the passion. This is why I ask these questions. Love the passion. Appreciate you calling as always, my friend. Thank you. All right, North, north side, Johnny. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a north and a south solid. And it's never more apparent to me when I go and I hang out in different parts of north and south solid. Told you I was going to that party on Saturday night. That was in south solid. My wife goes, we're going to south solid. And I said, okay, great. Let's go to South Solon. Let's do this thing. It's actually like the really, really, really nice part of South Solon. Not to get too deep in the weeds here. There's a part of South Solon that is just ridiculously nice. That's the part that we were hanging out with. The Chocolate Charcuterie Board, by the way. Thank you to all the help on CBS Sports Radio on Saturday night. Uh, it, <laughs> it was good. It was good. There was a million different charcuterie. So we went to a party. And we'll get back to Aaron Donald and, and Cooper Cup in a second here. It was a party. We, everyone had to bring a different type of charcuterie board that you signed up for. The chocolate charcuterie board that we brought, it kind of sat there as the other. I felt like the other people that like brought the other charcuterie boards 
if there was an art project in like third grade, you could tell ours was the one made by ourselves and the parents helped make the other ones, okay? That's how much better theirs looked. But it came out all right. Appreciate you guys' help. Anyway, I don't think Cooper Cup is just like days old Chinese food. I don't believe, like Jim made it seem like Cooper Cup is a one hit wonder. I, no, no. It's a 2,000 yard receiver right there. He's good. And the Rams would be willing, the same way they'd be willing with Aaron Donald if it doesn't go well, to potentially part. So the, the, the question's simple. Which do you care more about? Aaron Donald joining a defensive line, as I said, would make it one of the best defensive lines the sport has ever seen. But offensively, to try to keep up with Burrow, with Allen, with Mahomes, all these other guys, I might be leaning towards Cooper Cup. 216-474-0092. In fact, not might be, would be. Your phone calls and more on Twitter, at Jay Peterlin. We'll continue on. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Hope you guys are all enjoying your evening. I'm asking you guys straight up, and this is just a preference. It's really all it comes down to. And, and you don't have to throw down one player in order to prop up the other, but inevitably, that's how sports talk radio works. Ultimately, uh, I find myself doing this way more than I uh, like to admit to, but the good thing about an Aaron Donald versus Cooper Cup discussion is that you're going to end up on the good side of things. So like right now, I can make the case, and this is the case I've been making, that I think Cooper Cup would be better for the Browns than Aaron Donald would. Even though I can admit Aaron Donald on that defensive line would take the Browns to what would ultimately be one of the best defensive lines the game has ever seen. But the way we are with our wide receiving unit right now and the way we are with Deshaun Watson and what we don't know about Deshaun Watson, I think it would make more sense to spend the capital on Cooper Cup than it would Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's 32 years old, and six months ago we thought he was going to be in a beach chair Sipping my ties at this point in his career, okay? I mean, he's threatening retirement. He was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, threatening retirement. All of a sudden, he comes on back. And I know what adding on the defensive line, even if you already have depth there, I know what it can do to contenders. Eagles last year, historically. Howie Roseman, five or November, in November, was like, we're not good enough on the defensive line, even though we got a bunch of guys that are racking up a bunch of sacks. He went up there and got Linville Joseph, and he got Ndamukong Sue, and that was one of the reasons why they made the trip to the Super Bowl. Ultimately, though, as good of a defensive piece as Aaron Donald would be, I'm siding with Cooper Cup on this one because I think we need more offensive firepower. That's why I'd be doing it. The defense, in my mind, is good enough. Sadly, that's how I'm looking at defenses in today's game. Don't be a defense that lets the opposing offense walk all over you. But look at what happened in the Super Bowl. The Eagles' defense gave them a shot. They were a top-eight scoring defense during the season. Mahomes still scored 38 points because that's what, that's what Patrick Mahomes does. There's not a defense in the game, in my estimation, that can stop Patrick Mahomes. I'll say that again. There is not a defense in the game, in my estimation, that can stop Patrick Mahomes. And so if I'm living with that thinking, I'll take the idea that if I'm going up against the Chiefs, I have a better chance offensively of Deshaun Watson scoring 45 points than I do of us going into a game and having Patrick Mahomes vomit all over his shoes. Because that other side is just not happening. 
Mahomes isn't going to an, into a game and us holding him to a measly 14, and because we have one of the great defensive lines of all time, we all of a sudden end up with some sort of ridiculous victory over Mahomes. Mahomes is too good. It's not going to happen. Mahomes, Burrow's entering that territory as well, but take it a step further. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. We could just do this all day long. There's so many good quarterbacks, and, and how good they are is just so much better than what the defense currently can offer, even at their peak. Like, How about Vic Fangio? People thought like Vic Fangio had it all figured out with that quarter's defense, the one that the Rams had the number one defense in the NFL three years ago with. And you fast forward like a year, and Patrick Mahomes not only had it all figured out, absolutely destroyed the league as usual and continued to, even though they thought they had it all checked and balanced and figured out. Like, you don't. You don't have it figured out. Even Joe Burrow. I talked about the amount of times that he got sacked two postseasons ago because his offensive line was basically a bunch of garbage cans. It was refrigerators with heads. Congratulations. They didn't move and do anything to, to help anyone get out of your face. And he still ended up all the way in the Super Bowl. I just think they're, I think they're too good. So the best way to beat them is to go after what I believe the Chiefs' defense currently is, and that is their defense with a great offense. I believe you can get at the Bengals if your offense scores 45 points. I don't believe you have much of a chance of stopping Joe Burrow. 216474 to below 92. Spider, up next on the fan. Hello, Spider. Jesus. Man, Jonathan, you on that stuff again, bro. You are on <laughs> it. Stuff. We need it. <laughs> Look, bro, we need an intervention. Yeah. We need you're, to you're call gonna, the family in. Uh-huh. You're going to John Mulaney me here? Okay. Oh, man, come on, Jonathan. Look, I know it's uh, – well, we got in, in 24 days, the Browns will be playing in the Hall of Fame game, and we can put stuff like this to rest. Now, Patrick Mahomes is not God. He's not the second coming. Super Bowl 54, the Buc- the uh, Chiefs scored nine points because the Buccaneers put him on his rear end. You got to disrupt these quarterbacks. But you can make another argument. You can make another argument on that one, Spider. That uh, what really had them so off balance was Tom Brady lighting them up like a Christmas tree to the point where then then Mahomes panicked in a way I've never seen him panic before. And no man. No. Ultimately, ultimately, what got them that W in my estimation was Tom Brady being so awesome. The offense being so awesome to a point where uh, by the time that usually when you watch Mahomes games, I know you watch a lot of football, Spider. When by the time that he gets himself to a point where he gets a claw back into the game. In that Super Bowl, it was too late, which is a very rare thing for him. Man, look, you could sell ketchup popsicles to a lady in a white wedding dress, bro. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good Mahomes business plan. has always been the shootout king. And that's not a problem for him, but when they put him on his rear end, that was a problem. Now, look, Cooper Cup had two 1,000-yard seasons in his career. He's a good receiver. Don't be disrespecting Amari Cooper like Cooper Cup is better. Oh, you, oh, wow. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Amari Cooper is better than Cooper Cup. Ooh. Amari Cooper, Ooh. Elijah Moore, he's going to shock a lot of people. I like Elijah Moore. You got to. Uh, who else? The, uh, DPJ? Now, uh, DPJ is third. You got Godwin with that crazy speed. 
he's going to play his role. You still got Nick Chubb. Let's not discount him. Like we're just going to throw the ball and Nick Chubb is going to be a bench player. No, I actually Bro. love the idea that they're using Chubb more in uh, in the passing game. And what we've seen in the couple weeks that they've been around in the last month or so, I like that they're doing that a lot more. I think that's going to be a big staple of the uh, this offense, Spider. Now, now, peep out. So you're going to have that crazy defensive line with Donald, if he had Donald. Miles Donald, Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, uh, Obo Karankwo, um, and all the host of others. And Jim Schwartz got him in rotation. The corners are one of the better sets of corners in the league. The safeties are much better with Thornhill and McLeod. Um, Del Pitt is an athletic freak. And the linebackers are adequate, but that front four plus rotation, unstoppable, man. It would be insane. All right. Cooper Cup would just displace somebody who's arguably as good as him. All right. I hear you, Spider, and I appreciate you, man, as always. Thank you. Um, who? wow. The people that really don't like Cooper Cup really don't like Cooper Cup. Did you draft him in a fantasy league last year? Is that what happened? Did they, did the callers in here, did they draft Cooper Cup in a fantasy league last year and then watched him get injured and that's why they're mad? That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Cooper Cup had almost 2,000 yards and had, as I've already mentioned, iconic Super Bowl moments last year. And you guys are acting like he's just chopped liver. That's I, I said I wouldn't throw down Aaron Donald to prop up Cooper Cup, and I, I stand by that statement, but the amount of you guys that are so quick to throw down Cooper Cup to prop up Aaron Donald, I mean, my goodness. JJ, up next on the fan. Hello, JJ. Yo, JJ. JJ going once, twice. As Hawk Harrelson says, he'll grab some bench. 216474 to below 92. At least said. I don't know if Hawk Harrelson is like walking around his mansion. All of a sudden, family member comes in the room, sits down. He'll grab some bench. I don't know. I don't know how Hawk does his life at this point. I would imagine... Uh, you know, at one point the White Sox had a they had a giveaway, and it was a Hawk Harrelson alarm clock, and legitimately the alarm clock every single morning would wake you up with different Hawk Harrelson catchphrases. And I've never wanted a piece of property more in my life, or uh, an item more in my life than I wanted that that I did not actually end up going and buying. That was. Could you imagine how ridiculous that would be as a 34 year old married with a newborn waking up every morning to? He'll grab some bench. Just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Don't go into battle. DC says, don't go into battle with misinformation. Cup averages 1050 a year, not a 2,000-yard receiver. Obviously, I'm referencing the fact that in 2021, he had 1,950 yards receiving, and then last year is injured. No one is at, no one's a 2,000-a-year receiver. That's just that's insanity. I thought there was an obvious logical point we could get to there. Jack says, give me cup. Should probably cost less, I think, and this is an offensive league. Give me as much firepower as possible. That's my main point. Give me as much firepower as you possibly can, and then let us sort it out from there. Going really, really heavy defensively, I love the Browns' attack this year. I love what Jim Schwartz is. I love what this defensive line can be. And I think they made a lot of strides to the point where, honestly, I'm the one defending this defensive line by saying they're good enough without Aaron Donald to be a wreck in this league. But I don't need them to be all-time. I don't need them to be great in order for us to get the job done. What I need is an offense to be 
great in order to get the job done. And I don't know that they're going to be great yet. I don't know that this team currently constituted has a great offense because I don't know what Deshaun Watson is. And if you look five weeks in after the Rams go through that gauntlet of an opening stretch where they open up with three of the four teams in the conference title games in the first five weeks of the season, I don't know. Looks to me like L.A. would be selling that. 216-474-0092. We're going to continue on with this. We'll take your phone calls. We'll get all your reaction. Also, uh, what did J.B. Bickerstaff had to say that got me so riled up? We'll do that and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan.